probably say the, the greatest and the most consistent is just serving. When you're when you're a leader, obviously, if you tell people what to do or people look at you for guidance, I would definitely say the skill of just figuring it out. People now, they will either rely on a bailout or they just want to quit because something's hard. It really is a skill of just figuring something out. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Thrive, where we get answers from top leaders, fathers, mothers, coaches, preachers, and teachers in all walks of life and the actions they took to take practical knowledge and turn it into applicable wisdom. Today, we are interviewing the David Harris, um, coach for multiple different places, but now is the assistant meds coach at Northern Kentucky University, correct? Mm-hmm. And so you're originally from Cincinnati um, yep. and then played three years at Ashland University yep. and then spent two years as a student manager under Billy Donovan and then three years under Shaka Smart at Texas, which, by the way, I took them all the way all the way this year, and then they <laughs> disappointed me. But and then after that, you went to the U.S. Naval Academy for one year, and then now um, you're at Northern Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, actually it was actually flipped a little bit. So out of high school, I thought I was done playing. So I went to be a student manager for two years out of high school. Okay. So it's a okay. little trickier uh, how I ended up playing at Ashland, but. Uh, through a friend uh, that actually ended up playing there that actually ended up not even, I never even played with him. But so I was a manager for two years at Florida um, after under Billy Donovan, after my second year, um, you know, I was really thinking about, man, I want to play again. I'm missing it. Um, I used to always uh, practice with the team, like on scout team, which is kind of strange when you think about it, a manager at Florida being the point guard on the scout team, but mm -hmm. it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then coach Donovan asked if, uh, you know, if I wanted to, uh, walk on, but had already been talking to coach Rone at Ashland, um, at the time about it. And he always jokes around saying that he stole a recruit from, uh, Billy Donovan. Um, uh, but, uh, so then, yeah, like you said, I played for Ashland for three years. Then I went to VCU, uh, as a grad assistant. Um, and I met coach Shocker smart when I was a manager at Florida, uh, my first year he was there. Um, and we got pretty close, spent a lot of time together. Um, and he had always told me that when I graduate from college, that I can be a grad assistant for him, wherever he was at, he was still at VCU. This was about two years after he went to the final four. Um, then was a grad assist for him, got lucky. The, um, the video coordinator, uh, got an assistant job. So I filled right into the video coordinator spot my second year at VCU. Then he went to Texas, like you said, was there at Texas for three years. Um, then got the assistant job at the Naval Academy for a year. And, uh, last year was, um, my first year here at NKU. This past year was my second and, um, you know, looking forward to, the rest of this coaching journey that I'm on. Absolutely. That's awesome. That, I mean, that's one, why you were one of chosen for, uh, to be on this interview is because of all your experiences and travels and, uh, leadership experience and just your overall experience and your perspective on life. I would love to get the answers from you for these questions. And, uh, for those people that don't know that, listen, uh, coach Harris was actually the reason why I went to Mount Vernon, uh, coach Nate on an earlier episode, reached out to him to reach out to coach Rowe. And I sent an email to coach Rowe and said, Hey, I want to go here. And he seemed interested, which I thought I sent out probably over a hundred emails and got like three back and coach Rowe was interested and then wanted to visit. And I just thought it was strange. And so it's cool to see uh, and get a chance to interview David now who kind of set me up on my basketball journey. So I have you to thank for that. 
And so we'll get started with number one. What is the greatest leadership lesson you've ever learned? Um, probably say the, the greatest and the most consistent is uh, just serving, serving for other people. So when you're, when you're a leader, obviously, you, whether if you tell people what to do or people look at you uh, for guidance, I think the best way to, to lead and the best way to get others to buy into whatever you have to tell them or whatever your goal you're trying to make is that you are a, um, a servant for them. Um, so doing it in a way where that where these people that are looking up to you or looking for you for decisions also feel like like you have a skin in the game as well. So I think honestly, for me, I think that's the best way to um, uh, to lead others is showing that you're willing to serve and that you will serve um, and, and you'll work hard. And that maybe that comes from me being a manager and you're literally at the bottom of the totem pole. And, you know, I, I've, that's always stuck with me. But that's just how I was raised is to to it doesn't matter what status you have or, or anything that you always want to be willing to help and be willing to serve others uh, to achieve a common goal. Absolutely. And I like the point you put on of being the greatest, the greatest, but also the most consistent because it's cool of no matter what rung you're on, on the ladder or where you're at, you that's consistently the answer. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's a good approach and good pr- perspective for that. Number two, what books have you read that every leader should read? Um, so I'm not a big reader, um, but one of the I, I need to read more. And I know Coach Renee would probably kill me for saying that because I know he's a big book reader. Um, but one of them is uh, uh, that I've read most recently is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, and it's it's an older book. It's not necessarily recent, but we read it um, as a staff at uh, Texas. And um, I just thought it was really good to kind of see why teams or right relationships within a team kind of don't work um and one of the biggest ones uh that you first learn in the book is just the absence of trust and that can go off in a couple different ways but that it's okay to to argue with your teammates it's okay to disagree um it's even okay for it to get a little fiery at times um i know if you've been a part of teams where you might have had some fights in practice or things like that but as long as you know that competition can can bring back can bring success i think i think it's okay um as long as it doesn't go too far and everyone knows that they, there's still love for each other but uh, i think yeah that, that's a good book i think for others to, to read because i think when you read it uh every single point that the author makes in the book you've probably been guilty of at some point in your life so i think it's also good uh not only to kind of point it out if you're at a leader's perspective at the top of it trying to configure a team together but also if you're a part of a team um, and you're just one of many to make sure that, you know, you help promote these positive qualities. Absolutely. That's good. The thing is, I have that on my list. I think I've read it, but I don't remember it. So I got to, especially going it's out. Good. From- it's it's an it's a easy read. The author does a good job of kind of making it like a storytelling kind of deal. It's actually more for like the corporate world rather than actually sports, but a lot of it applies. I was going to say, as I'm kind of entering the corporate world, that would be a good book to to read as I'm exiting out of basketball. Right. So. Number three, what are you learning right now? Uh, good question. Um, I would say the, the biggest thing for me that I'm learning is uh, probably balance. Um, just with, and, and not even necessarily work-life balance, um, but that would be part of it. But also specifically with work, uh, balancing relationship with players and also balancing being hard on them. Um, 
and then also doing all the other little stuff, helping guys with academics. So within the work uh, of a college basketball coach, how to be really good at everything. And I think the which is very hard to do. And but most importantly, which is even more important than being really good at everything is ordering which one things are most important. Um, and I think that's a, a quality that everyone is, is always learning, because especially when you're passionate about something, not everything is a level playing field. So um, some people like, for example, if I need to cook every day to eat, like, I, but I don't like to cook, like that shouldn't be at the top of my list. Cause I'm just not as passionate about it. Um, so figuring out what I'm most, what you're most passionate about uh, or what's most important. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then try to balance that and doing that in the best way where everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Kind of have a list of priorities. Right. Exactly. So that's something that I'm always trying to get better at. I've gotten better at over the years, but uh, just always trying to get better. So, and then also, so you just don't forget anything. So as, as a coach, as you sure, you know, there's a lot of things on your list. So mm-hmm. you got to really prioritize which things are most important, especially with the changing seasons of recruiting and mm-hmm. in season, off season traveling and having like kind of hard to have a routine. I've realized a lot of uh, further questions later down will be, a lot of the answers I've got was, oh, morning routine, these different routines. And I'm like, man, it's hard, though, is, yeah, I mean, yeah. a player and a coach of having you're on the road back to back nights and you're getting mm-hmm. home at 3 a.m. And then you got to get to class and it's hard to get up and have your morning routine when you got home at three. And so, yeah, it's even even something as little as you got your little routine. And well, now I have a flat tire, so I have to get my yeah. tire. Just little stuff like yeah. that can kind of throw a wrench in things. And uh, just being able to prioritize and be organized it helps with that. Absolutely. So how has failure impacted your life and leadership through all your travels and different states and coaching and stuff? Right. So I think uh, failures uh, have made me hungrier and more appreciative. Um, I don't even know if you would call them failures, but a couple of things I can think of. So out of high school, obviously, my goal was, you know, play Division One basketball and all that. Well, you know, I didn't have, I had some off, like an offer from a division two school and some interest from division three schools, but I, I didn't want to go. So I ended up, you know, being a manager, like I said earlier. And, and honestly, probably for the first year, I looked at it as like, it was a failure. Like, Hey, I worked out pretty hard in high school. It didn't work out for me. I kind of failed at it. Luckily I was blessed enough and I ended up playing anyways, you know, later on down the road. Um, the first time I really pursued an assistant coaching spot, um, it was with one of the guys that uh, I had worked with for a while. Uh, he ended up not hiring me. So I looked at that as like, man, that's kind of failure. Then the next, then a couple weeks after another connection of, with a, a guy who was an assistant coach that became a head coach who I had worked with for a while, was really close with. Uh, he just got a job and he didn't hire me either. So now I'm thinking like, man, I'm over two, man. And then literally a couple, couple months after uh, I got the Navy gig. So I think that what it did, it, it makes you really, uh, be appreciative of what you have. And, and you also don't know when that next opportunity is coming. So if you mm-hmm. fail at it the first time and fail is kind of a relative term, it's not so negative as people think, but if you fail at it the first time, you, you better be prepared if it comes around again, because you don't, you don't know when or, or to what magnitude it'll be. So I think it, the failure definitely makes you hungry, makes you prepared. And then it also makes you really appreciative. So when you do get that opportunity and let's say you succeed, um and so like you you know you know it wasn't easy to come by absolutely that's a great answer 
For number five, what have you done that I should do? Oof. I don't know. You might not want to be anything like me, but uh, no, I think uh, one thing that I've, I think I do a good job if I try to keep in contact with a lot of different people, um, even when you don't need them, uh, especially when you're a coach, you get in a situation where you reach out to people only when you need them, especially when it comes to things like recruiting or you need a favor or something. But um, I like, I text a lot um, just partly um because that's kind of a little bit more of what our generation has grown up with. And also it's a lot easier to send a text message and I can reach out to more people with a text message than a phone call. Now I also call people and obviously that's more personal. Mm. Um, I'll do that as well, but just reaching out to people, just saying like, Hey, just checking in on you, see how you're doing. Uh, I think that's one thing that uh, will be, is really beneficial just in general. And even if they can never help you in life, um, but if, if they're good people and they've either helped you in the past or, you know, they're just my, nice people you met, it's always good to just reach out on people and, and check in on someone. Uh, it's just um, just a common thing that I think is, is, is good in life. Mm-hmm. That's a good habit to have. That's, I mean, it's hard. It's definitely, it's gotta be, you gotta have a lot of contacts. So that's, that's kind of cool that you kind of keep them all within grasp. But. Yeah. I, I mean, that's might be why I'm on the phone a lot, but mm-hmm. it's literally sometimes I'll just be randomly thinking about someone or their yeah. name comes up in a conversation. I'm like, Oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. So I'll shoot him a text mm-hmm. or something. Then you start a conversation. But I think that's really good to have. It's just, I mean, network is huge. No matter what profession you go into, it's, it's all about who, you know, and, and someone can always teach you something, whether if it's, they can teach you something you should do or something you shouldn't do. You can mm-hmm. always learn something. Absolutely. So next one, kind of going off that, where have you gone that I should go? Where have I? Well, I'll tell you what, the Naval Academy is a pretty awesome place. It is really really cool. Um, Obviously, I got a a good uh, tour of it because I worked there for a little under a year. But uh, just seeing all those uh, young men and women that are getting ready to fight for their country. um, I mean, they're smart. I mean, one, the campus alone is gorgeous. Uh, it's right on the water in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, but the young men that I got to coach there, they're just high level people, man, high level. And, and they love, they love basketball. So, you know, so, I mean, it's kind of cool to see someone that loves basketball, but then also knows that they're doing something that's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it's really cool. I mean, there are some smart guys, some high level people that are like, as soon as they're, they're done with, I mean, they're going to be special people when they get older. So it's really cool to see, like, you know, when I'm think, looking at them and seeing how they're, you know, two years removed from high school or whatever, I'm like, man, I was nowhere near like anything like you. So I think the Naval Academy is is really cool. As far as other places, uh, I did go to Croatia one time. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, except for the very last season. I thought that was terrible. But other than that, uh, a lot of it was shot in Dubrovnik in Croatia. So um it was it looked just like the the tv show so that's that's a cool place too that's awesome that's awesome for number seven what are three truths that appear evident in your life uh one is that i'm a strong believer in jesus christ my lord and savior um i think two is that um uh you know i have a, a good sense of humor i like to make light of a lot of things so even even if we were to lose four in a row, like, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's probably still cracking some jokes, whether <laughs> if I shared or shouldn't be all the time, but uh, I like to keep it uh, pretty light. Um, uh, and then also, lastly, I would say I'm, uh, 
persistent. Like I work really hard. I think those would, would, would probably be the the three. Um, you could ask Coach Rone. Um, I think he would agree with you. I was pretty. I've worked pretty hard when I you know played for him at Ashland, and I came in as a walk on. So um, so like you know and finding out later on like they didn't really have any intention for me to play they really didn't have anything to lose with me letting me be on the team I was paying my way and uh, actually our best player at the time or who's about to be our best player he was from Cincinnati where I'm from we didn't know each other but we hit it off pretty quick and uh, he was he had a little bit of a bad attitude so they looked at it as hey David seems like a nice kid he can room with the with a, a you know a better player um and it'll work out but you know I didn't just take being on the team you know I wanted to work really hard to achieve a goal so I, I was persistent in that so and ended up getting a scholarship for my last two years so I would definitely say probably you know hard working is, is one of them too that's awesome so the last one for the main eight is if there's one piece of advice to give my generation what would it be and I know we're kind of in the same generation mm-hmm. but it's still um from your experiences and be surrounded by um, people your age or younger, what would be one piece that you see that appears evident that we need as a piece of advice? Mm-hmm. I would definitely say, and I'm sure there's more than one. I'm sure after I'm done on this, I'm probably going to say, Oh, I should have said that. But I would say uh, the, the skill of just figuring it out. I think a lot of people now um, they will either rely on a bailout or they just want to quit because something's hard or, or, or whatever, whether, no matter what you're in, I think it's, it really is a skill of just figuring something out. So if I have a job to do and I don't know how to do it, try your hardest to just figure it out. That doesn't mean you can't ask questions. That doesn't mean you can't rely on other people for help. Um, but I think our generation needs a little more motivation of, kind of a little bit of, you know, just suck it up a little bit and try to figure it out for yourself or in a way where you, you can get the, uh, the task done. That's awesome. So I, I'm going to ask another question off of that. So I am going through like the job interview process, looking at these different jobs. And I mean, you're a couple years older than me. So, you know, you knew that coaching and basketball was this path for you. Mm-hmm. You're passionate about. So how do you, I'm thinking about this position and I don't know, do I want to take this position or not? And mm-hmm. off that advice of just figuring it out, it's the great mindset to have of, because I'm scared to go in and I'm kind of fearful in a way of, will I be good at it? Mm-hmm. And will I like want to commit to do it every day? Because for me, I, I, I honestly think I you detach the money from it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of kids our generation, I was looking up the other day, they like most 21-year-olds want to make as much money as possible, as quickly as possible and retire as quickly as possible. Right. And I mean, that's has it hit my mind. Of course, that's a lot of a lot of people's thoughts. They just want to make as much as possible. And then Chick-fil-A, when I was watching this podcast, was saying the guy that worked there was saying, you want to find a job you don't want to retire from. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like a question off of this is how do you know that? Because, yeah, you could figure it out. How do you know that that's that job that you were like kind of created to do when you don't know anything going in? Like, what would be your advice? That's completely on the spot from, and you may yeah, not, no, that's not, but that's I'd love your question. wisdom on it because I, I, I could use it personally. No, that's a good question. I think it really comes down to, uh, well, one, like I said earlier, I'm a, you know, big believer in Jesus Christ. So I, I, I pray about everything. So I would definitely do that first. But also like whatever, what are you passionate about? What do you think that 
you want to do for the rest of your life. Now, the job that you sign up for might not be exactly that. It might be a step to so that you can get to, you know, your passion. Um, so it won't just be cookie cutter. Like I had to be a manager and now I'm an assistant coach. And one day I hope to be a head coach. But if I just turned my nose up to being a manager, I would have never been able to do what I'm doing now. So I think uh, being able to understand the steps that you need to take in order to get to your final goal, whatever that may be. But also, if it is something that you're passionate about, whether if the pay isn't good enough right away, or if you know it'll be very hard and a lot of hours, uh, especially when you don't have a family yet, I think that's something that you got to look past when it's when you know what your passion. Uh, I mean, my dad, and he kind of made it up on the spot and he thought it was pretty cool. But passion is kind of when you mix, you know, who you are and what you do every day. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, me leading young men and coaching them is who I am. And now I'm in a job where I can do that every single day. Um, so I think that's uh, what I would, you know, focus my decision on is, if, is this something that I'm really passionate about? Or if I'm not super passionate about this specific job, will this job help me get on the right path to get to my job that I am super passionate about? Mm, that was a really good, really good answer. That kind of answered it for me. That was good. You said passion is an intersection of who you are and what you do, right? What you do every day. Yep. That's awesome. That's a good quote. So that completes the eight questions. Now we're going to lightning round, which is right off the top of your head. Okay, here we go. So if you could put a quote on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? Ooh, um, wow. Uh, <laughs> this is tough. Um, I would probably say uh, probably the jer- the uh, the verse John three sixteen. Uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believed in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Just because that kind of sums it up. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. So if you can go back and give your twenty year old self one word to focus on, what would you tell yourself? Um. Uh. Keep working. Keep working hard because I think I mean, when you're young and you work hard because I was lucky because my family, you know, instilled hard work in you. But sometimes it feels like you're working for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd probably say, you know, it is, you know, just keep working because it is going to get better. Absolutely. And then the last one for lightning round, this podcast is called Thrive. So what one daily action helps you thrive in your life? <sighs> Laughing. I think uh, laughing, laughing is, yeah, I think I, I tell a lot of jokes, laugh a lot. I think that's, laughing's great. Laughing's probably one of, you know. That's awesome. Humor. Humor is is good. There's a book that I want to read called Humor Seriously and how uh, I think is for the business world and how important humor is and all like business transactions and how the business world works is how uh, they like did these studies comparing companies that instilled humor and had humorous people and mm-hmm. how more or ultra successful they were because of it. So that reminds that's, me. That's why that's the same reason why the Scranton branch at Dunder Mifflin at, in the office did so well. That's why they did so well. <laughs> David Wallace had no clue. He's like, you're exactly. the only manager. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's awesome. How I've watched that. All nine seasons, three times through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mad they took it off Netflix. But, I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of The Office. That's awesome. And so the last one I have um, kind of got me to the point where I can interview you. So 
is there someone else you know that I should know or someone else that I benefit from asking these questions to? Uh, yeah, let me think. Um, I think uh, I actually have an uncle who is a pastor. Um, actually, Coach Renee knows him also, but he's a pastor in Cleveland. Um, I can reach out to him for you. Uh, he has a church out there. His son, who's my cousin, uh, actually played at um, Miami of Ohio and uh, Cleveland State. His last year, he played at Cleveland State. was a sixth man of the year in the Horizon League. He's actually 6'9", so he's way bigger than I am. <laughs> uh, but uh, my uncle is awesome, unbelievable guy. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, if you could, I would love to get into contact with him to interview him. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last one I have is more of a, a comment and a statement more than a question, but uh, I know we just met and I know you've had an impact on my life, but if I can add value to your life at any point, don't hesitate to call or reach out. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and I appreciate your wisdom. Can't wait to share. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you, David.